It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, what an exciting weekend. The NFL draft is now complete, and if you were like me, I was locked in all three days for the total 13 or so hours that the draft took place. Couldn't get enough of checking out where all these different prospects end up and who the Titans brought on to the 2020 roster. So we are going to start out the show there just doing a general overview of the Titans draft class going pick by pick. And of course, Trader John, General Manager John Robinson, could not resist getting involved in all of the trade action. So we have one trade to go over that should benefit the Titans in the future as well. So we will go over each prospect and what they could potentially bring to the team. And then like you see very commonly after the draft, we cannot resist getting into a little bit of draft grade. So I'm going to go prospect by prospect again, draft pick by draft pick, and assign a grade to each of the selections for the Titans. So that should be a very interesting conversation as well. I want to hear what you guys have to say and how you grade this Titans draft class. Make sure that you follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans and let me know, of course, if you agree with my grades, disagree with my grades, and what your grades would be. But after we do give out those grades, we are going to jump into the next portion of the draft process and it's not just who you select in the NFL draft one of the the biggest markets in the NFL and one of the biggest events on the calendar is the day after the NFL draft and even the hours after the NFL draft where teams go out and start signing some of these undrafted free agents so priority undrafted free agency is the technical term that we should use and the Titans have already begun their work in that realm as well so I will go over the most updated list when this is being recorded of who the Titans so far has brought in as undrafted free agents so we are going to recap the draft we are going to give out grades for the draft and then talk about the work the Titans have done in the undrafted free agent market afterwards so a ton to go over from a fantastic week Let's get it. The NFL draft this year was obviously held under unusual circumstances, but it did not seem to affect the Tennessee Titans, who brought in an excellent class that has the ability to not only contribute immediately, but also make a major impact in the future. And the Titans got things started on Thursday night in the first round with the 29th pick and took Isaiah Wilson out of Georgia. Wilson is six foot seven, 350 pounds, and it is obvious from watching him in college that he is one of the more nasty and tenacious and feisty prospects along the offensive line. And while some thought that Wilson maybe was drafted a tad bit early by the Titans, it made sense within the the idea of the offensive tackle class. There was only about seven to eight tackles that were considered to be able to give an immediate impact to a football team. And now Wilson 
Lincoln will take that monstrous size and that tenacity and that road grading mentality in the run game, and he will use it to compete against veteran Dennis Kelly for the starting right tackle position going forward. And if he is unable to beat out Kelly immediately, he will most certainly have an impact for the Titans on the offensive line in the near future. The Titans went into Friday evening with two selections, the 61st pick and the 93rd pick, one in the second and one in the third round. And most Titans fans were maybe a little annoyed by the pick of Isaiah Wilson in the first round because they were looking at the cornerback position as a huge need area. But the Titans did address that need immediately on Friday night with their first selection when they took the six foot one, 200 pound cornerback out of LSU, Christian Fulton. Fulton is an animal at the line of scrimmage. He specializes in press man coverage, which is something the Titans obviously want to be able to do at a high level going against some of these incredible pass offenses that they will have to take on in their route to a Super Bowl through the AFC. So Fulton should fit immediately as a boundary or slot cornerback for the Titans. He professed the ability to do both and has shown the ability to do both in college. So Fulton will make an immediate impact on the Titans defense as it appears they will lose Logan Ryan to free agency. With the Titans' third round pick and their second selection on Friday night, they added an incredible compliment to the power that is Derrick Henry when they took the 5'11", 185-pound running back out of Appalachian State, Darrington Evans. And as the Titans head coach Mike Vrabel talked about pre-draft, they added a running back who complimented Derrick Henry. He can run a zone scheme, which he did in college. He is incredible out of the back backfield, catching the ball and running routes from the running back position, and he also can add value as a returner in special teams. So a three-pronged asset for the Titans who complements Derrick Henry perfectly, as I mentioned before. Then the Titans skipped out on the fourth round as they gave up that draft pick to acquire Ryan Tannehill. So if you consider Tannehill the fourth round pick of this draft class, it looks even better. But in the fifth round with the 174th overall pick. They took Laurel Murchison, defensive tackle out of North Carolina State. The six foot two, 290-pound defensive tackle is considered a tad undersized, but is incredibly quick, has good pass rush moves, and does actually profile comparably to the traded defensive tackle Jarrell Casey for the Titans as an undersized but quick defensive tackle who excels at penetrating through gaps and disrupting the pocket in the passing game. The Titans had two seventh round picks. They originally had three, but general manager John Robinson traded one of their seventh round picks to get a sixth round pick in the 2021 NFL Draft from the Kansas City Chiefs. But with those two remaining seventh round picks, John Robinson selected quarterback out of Hawaii, Cole McDonald, 6 foot 4, 220 pounds, has great mobility and a rocket arm, but does have some questionable decision making and will have to learn how to avoid turnovers at the next level. And then Robinson finished off the draft class with versatile defensive back Chris Jackson out of Marshall, who will most likely make an impact on special teams, but can play cornerback and safety as well. 
And as I mentioned earlier, the rookie class is is not done taking shape. There will be a slew of undrafted free agents. Remember, the roster size is around about 90, and it gets pared down into the 50s. So there will be a ton of players added to be training camp bodies for the team to get a look at, just to get a decent idea of what they're about. I wouldn't get too attached to any undrafted free agent, but of course, as there is every year, there will be a few undrafted free agents, like a Khalid. Freeman, like a Cam Batson, like a Sheree Finch from years past, like, uh, let's say, an Isaiah Mack, for example, for me personally, who really catch your eye, catch your attention, and, and grab a piece of your heart. So, of course, we will cover all the undrafted free agents as that class continues to take shape. In our third segment today, to cap off the show, we'll go over all of the undrafted free agents that have been selected or signed to the Titans so far. But before we go to that, we need to to give out some grades. So we just went through each pick, gave you a general overview, a general recap of the draft. Let's go ahead and dive into each pick a little bit further and assign a grade to each selection. I do before we jump into the next portion of our show, just want to give uh, my general thoughts on the draft as a whole, as a presentation, not necessarily just from the Titans football perspective, but I thought it was pretty good. Me personally, I don't get too excited for all of the player you know reaction directly after the pick the the interview as they walk off stage the player putting on a hat and all of that i really enjoy the analysis talking about how the players will fit in talking about uh, you know their scheme fits talking about how well they produced in college what they can profile as at the next level so my viewing experience really wasn't impacted it was more enhanced by a focus on the things that I like about the draft. So as I mentioned earlier in the show, let me know on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans how you felt about the draft, whether you liked it more, whether you liked it less. All I know is 55 million people total watch the NFL draft, an absolute record. Obviously, we're in unique television circumstances and sports circumstances right now that would lend itself to uh, inflated numbers. But I do think that the production and everything that, you know, with everything that, that's going on between the NFL network, the NFL, NFL and ESPN all together. I think the production of the draft was incredible and, and the numbers kind of bear that out. So that was my thoughts on the draft overall as a production. But I also want to remind you guys before we get into our draft grades to subscribe to the Locked on Titans podcast on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify or Google Play. Whatever platform that you stream your podcast, make sure you're locked into the Locked on Titans podcast. I'm going to be doing uh, individual breakdowns of these prospects for an entire episode. We are going to be doing our Tic Tac Titans film breakdowns where I get give you schematic information and covering all of the news and notes for the rest of the Titans all season Monday through Friday. So make sure that you are here with us every single day. Let's get into those draft grades next. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without even leaving the house or even opening the door. Given what's going on in the world, they created a non-contact delivery system. So now when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I've been using to order takeout 
out from my favorite local restaurants. There's a wing place close to me that I order every single Monday. The best wings and boneless wings you could ever imagine. So listen up. You guys need to be supporting your local neighborhood spots right now. It's very important that you order local because it's a great way to support these businesses in a time of need. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make life easier by picking up everything you need from like a Walgreens or a 7-Eleven and just dropping it off outside your door. Download Postmates on iOS or Android. Find your favorites and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDONNFL. That's code LOCKEDONNFL for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmates. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. We got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, get out your binders, get out your red sharpies. It is time to do some grading and give some draft grades to each of these Titan selections. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. Let me know what your draft grades are for each individual pick. Let me know if you agree or disagree with my grades as well. But we will jump right in and go pick by pick, starting with the first round. And of course, we have Isaiah Wilson, the offensive tackle out of Georgia. Now, looking at this pick, the first thing that I want to say is, remember, from Friday's show, if you haven't checked that out, I was very optimistic about the pick. While a lot of Titans Twitter and some of the Facebook chatter, there were meltdowns all over the place. The Titans took a player that's not going to start. The Titans took a guy that should have been a second rounder. There were a ton of cornerbacks on the board, good wide receivers, good edge rushers. I I totally understand but I was optimistic. I talked about how Isaiah Wilson may be able to start earlier than expected. We all, if we're honest with ourselves, don't have a ton of faith in Dennis Kelly as a permanent solution at right tackle. The tackles were going very fast. Isaiah Wilson's very young, very big, very smart, all of the different reasons. And I say all that to remind you how optimistic and how happy I am about the pick. But... I am going to give it a B+. 
plus. And the reason for that is while Isaiah Wilson does profile as a huge road grading physical nasty monster on the outside. He'll be very cheap. He only just turned 21 in February, so he's very young as well and tons of potential. One of the things about being a first-round pick is you get five years of control for a good player. And if the Titans don't use Isaiah Wilson for some reason in year one, if Dennis Kelly does win that spot, well, now the Titans are wasting a year of very, very cheap, high-level production with having Wilson on the bench. So that's going to devalue the pick just a little bit. And also, Wilson probably realistically is a second-round pick, but because so many tackles got pushed up the board because of the need for offensive tackles. It took Isaiah Wilson from a mid-second round pick up into a late first round pick. So there, I, I guess there are better examples of value getting a player who maybe talent-wise should have went a little bit later getting a steal like that. Isaiah Wilson could be a good value for the Titans down the road, but right now in the first round, it's not the greatest example of value, like I said. So I'm going to give that a B plus. Now, Isaiah Wilson, if he comes out, dominates in training camp, rips the starting position away from Dennis Kelly, starts from day one and is productive, well, then obviously this grade will change. But just based solely on how things are right now, I'm going to give it a B plus. And like I said at the beginning, remember... I was optimistic about the pick. I'm not hating on the Isaiah Wilson pick. I just think right now with the value and the circumstances, it's a, a solid B+. Now, we are going to you know, kind of make up for the B plus with the second round pick. And at pick 61, they took Christian Fulton from LSU. And and Fulton is exactly what this team wants to be going forward. So let's just keep it real about Logan Ryan real quick. I am a staunch Logan Ryan supporter. He was one of the most productive cornerbacks in the NFL and had one of the most versatile, per, versi, I guess, uh, production versatility on display for Logan Ryan last year, one of the best seasons that we've seen with the plus four sacks, plus four interceptions, plus four forced fumbles, almost leading the team in tackles, being up there and one of the highest tackle tacklers in the NFL in terms of pure numbers. So he had one of the more statistically productive seasons we've seen from a cornerback in quite some time, but Logan Ryan was not good in one-on-one -on -one man coverage. He was better using his IQ, using his vision, his intelligence, and zone coverage. He is one of the, I guess, I don't I don't like saying least athletic because that is a, a poor description, but he's not one of the most high-profile athletes at the position either, if that's fair. Uh, he's not a bursty athlete at this time at his age, doesn't have good long speed, good twitch. He's just a very intelligent and physical player, and that was exactly what the Titans needed while they had a ton of young DBs like Kevin Byard and Adoree Jackson, but the Titans need a better man coverage corner who's longer, who's twitchier, who's quicker, who's faster, can take these wide receivers on their deep vertical routes, and that can free up a Dory Jackson to match up with the best receiver on the other team and then allow 
Malcolm Butler to match up on one of the more physical, maybe slower wide receivers on the team or maybe slot in on some of the bigger tight ends. It just gives the Titans a little bit more versatility because Logan Ryan couldn't play press man corner on the outside. It just wasn't what he profiled as and that was fine and it fit. But as the Titans need to evolve as a defense into being able to, instead of having disguise coverages and move their safeties around and do all these different things, they can just line up press man coverage and send their pass rushers, send blitzes, and beat the opposing team that way. And Fulton can press at the line of scrimmage. He's long. He's fast. So if they can get him up to speed on the playbook and get him more comfortable with the different things that wide receivers at the NFL level do to create separation, then they're going to have a stud cornerback who most pundits had going in the first round. I had Fulton as a first rounder. Most Titans fans would have been perfectly fine with Christian Fulton in the first round. So if you like Fulton in the first round and the Titans skipped on him and got him in the second, how can you complain? And as I said on Twitter, if you're one of the people who were upset about the Isaiah Wilson pick and said he's a second rounder, that was too high, well then getting Fulton in the second round, who's basically a first round talent, that totally cancels that out. You can't be upset anymore. And that's something that I talked about on Friday's show. If the Titans found a way to get Fulton, then they would be able to do so. So that is an A-plus for me in terms of value, in terms of talent, in terms of production. Fulton is an A-plus pick in the second round. Darrington Evans from Appalachian State, the running back, A-minus for me because that's proper value. I don't think that the Titans got Evans as a steal. Uh, he got drafted about where... I expected him to go and there was a little bit of a run on the secondary running back so it was nice to see the Titans be able to to hold out and get Evans without having to trade up like I said I think it's proper value not overrated not underrated in terms of where he was selected Uh, he's not going to be the number one stud workhorse back for the Titans but he doesn't have to be so like I mentioned pre-draft this tells us a lot about what they think the future holds for Derrick Henry I think Evans is a perfect complement because he's valuable in the receiving game he's got incredible speed he can be a returner and that's all the things that Derrick Henry doesn't really provide so Derrick Henry it looks like based on this pick would be sticking around for the long term so if you're a Derrick Henry fan you should be optimistic that this is a good sign that he will be around for quite some time and the Titans realistically will get a long-term deal done but I give Evans an A- minus because they didn't get a steal of a pick getting him in the third round that's about where he was expected to go and he's not a permanent starter long-term he's a complimentary player but a perfect complimentary player in my opinion so an A- minus on that pick next with the fifth round pick remember the fourth round pick was traded for Ryan Tannehill that's an A+. plus. I don't have to go over that much more but with their fifth round pick the Titans took Larell Murchison the defensive tackle from NC State and I give this pick a B and while Murchison does give you I guess a flashback to Drell Casey he's an undersized defensive tackle he's a great one gap penetrator he needs to add some strength to his frame at the next level to be able to anchor on the defensive line as a, as a run player, but he has really good pass moves, including a really good spin move on the interior against guards and centers, and like I said, he, he's very comparable to a style of player that we got with Jarrell Casey, so maybe the Titans were thinking about that, but 
at that pick, we also had edge rusher Bradley Anai available, also had wide receiver Daniel Peoples-Jones available, and maybe it was just me personally, but I would have loved to see the Titans go after a good receiver in this deep wide receiver class, somebody who could potentially be an outside receiver to replace Corey Davis going forward if the Titans do lose Davis to free agency next year, so I, I would like to have seen the Titans take advantage of this deep wide receiver class, and they didn't really do that. Uh, Bradley and I on the edge, I think that uh, a talented edge rusher also would probably be a little bit more important for the Titans than an interior defensive lineman. They still have Isaiah Mack, you know, Jeffrey Simmons, Daquan Jones. They added Jack Crawford as well. The Titans have some some other options on the interior defensive line, so I think an edge rusher or a wide receiver prospect at this spot could have maybe been uh, a more impactful player long term, but... You can't argue with, like I said, Murchison's comparisons to Jarrell Casey, and if he does end up being a pass rush specialist from the interior that the Titans can bring in, because think right now where the Titans roster sits, you would have Vic Beasley and Harold Landry rushing from the outsides in your sub package, and then you'd have Jeffrey Simmons and Daquan Jones on the interior. Well, I think we know that Daquan Jones is not a full-time pass rusher from the interior. It's not a, a strong suit of his game, so having some Someone like Murchison, who, like Isaiah Mack, is a little bit of an undersized defensive tackle who profiles as a one-gap penetrator who can maybe help you in the pass rush, who can rotate in for Daquan Jones. That makes a lot of sense. But like I said, a wide receiver who could potentially replace Corey Davis on the outside, a big, physical, tall, down-the-field threat or an edge rusher who could come in and, and add to this group that I don't think is complete would would have been a good option as well, in my opinion. So a B there. We'll talk more about that edge depth at the end of the show. Next, the Titans had three seventh-round picks because their sixth-round pick went for Reggie Gilbert last year to the Packers, but the Titans had three seventh-round picks. They actually ended up getting a seventh-round pick in that Jarrell Casey trade, but that pick they traded to the Kansas City Chiefs to get a sixth-round pick for 2021. I give that an A+. John Robinson was not able to trade a lot in this draft because the Titans didn't have a fourth and didn't have a sixth-round pick, and seventh-round picks really aren't worth all that much in terms of trading up in the first, second, third round. They're not going to get you very far. So John Robinson didn't have a lot of ammo to make the trades that he typically would make. And because of that, he got himself a little bit more ammo for next year. So I'm certain that we will see a ton of trades next year from John Robinson. And obviously he was itching at the end of the draft just to make some sort of transaction and not only was able to scratch his itch, but also help him make more moves next year. But with those two seventh round picks, the Titans took Cole McDonald out of Hawaii. I'm going to give this an A minus and maybe maybe it should be a B B plus, but I really like the pick of McDonald because he is 6 foot 4, 220 pounds, has really good mobility, the second fastest quarterback in the 40-yard dash at the combine. He also has a huge arm. He also has that trait like Pat Mahomes where he is not afraid to throw it, man. Now, with that over aggressiveness, it gets him into problems. He has poor decision making. 
shooting. He can struggle with accuracy. He has a really wonky release uh, throwing the ball. It's like a loop that the Titans will really have to work on to shorten that release so that he can avoid some of those turnovers in the pocket. But I think he profiles as a perfect backup for Ryan Tannehill. They have similar skill set with that athletic mobility. They have big arms that can throw it downfield. McDonald would fit perfectly in that bootleg zone scheme that the Titans run. So if they could coach him up a little bit and get him to make better decisions, he will be a perfect backup quarterback for Ryan Tannehill. And who knows? Sixth round picks, sometimes they turn out. Maybe McDonald could be the Titans starter down the line. That's quite a reach, but an A-minus for that. And then the last pick I have here for the Titans is Chris Jackson, the defensive back out of Marshall. I give this a B-minus. The Titans have a lot of defensive backs, at least safeties with Kalu, Crookshank, Hooker, Vaccaro, Byard, and and while Jackson can play cornerback and safety, realistically, he's just going to fight for a roster spot as a special teams player who can maybe take Kalu's spot, maybe take a Chris Milton spot, something like that. And for that, I'm just going to give it a B minus. Jackson could have been an undrafted free agent player as well, and the Titans could have made a run at him. So speaking of those undrafted free agent players, that we went incredibly long in our second segment there, given out grades. So we are going to hurry up and jump into the list of undrafted free agents, and it's just going to be a, a quick segment to let you guys know who the Titans have made deals with and agreements with so far. NFL draft is just the first step of the college prospect process. Say that three times fast. But the point is that a a big chunk of the work comes immediately when the draft is over. Think the Titans only selected six different players in the draft, but they are going to sign close to 15 to 20 undrafted free agents and that is a bidding war that a lot of a lot of people who follow the NFL aren't quite aware of is the, is the type of knockdown drag out fight that takes place between teams and scouts specifically after the draft ends so here's what happens immediately as the the draft hits some of the later rounds, the regional scouts for each NFL team kind of start to tell their general managers and their player, their director of player personnel guys, their director of college scouting guys, they start to let them know about guys who will probably not get drafted, who they really, really liked as prospects. And then the general managers basically tell them, hey, you have this much money to go out and sign that guy because a lot of these players who don't get drafted, they never have interaction with the general managers of these teams, but they talk to the regional scouts from all of these teams. So a lot of times, like in college recruiting, where it's not always the head coach who recruits the the top high school player, it's the assistant coach, the position coach for that guy's position who the player gets close with, and then they want to go with that position coach. It's very similar in the NFL with regional scouts. So these scouts will get close to the agent or the player themselves, and when the guy doesn't get drafted, the 
scout can reach out to that player and say, hey, I know you got a couple of different teams reaching out to you, but you were always my guy. I always believed in you. You'll have a good opportunity here. Come to Tennessee, for example. So that's how the undrafted free agent, the, they call them priority free agents, that's how that works out. These scouts will use their connections and their relationships to these prospects and these agents and try to basically have an all-out bidding war for the guys who did not get drafted. So let's talk about the players who the Titans have already made agreements with. Who Clearly, they were guys that they were interested in all along. Their scouts had eyes on all along, but they just, you know, didn't have the adequate value necessarily to, to be drafted or to need to draft them. So let's start this list and take a look at who the Titans have made agreements with so far and what's really Really interesting is to look at the positions here. So the first we have Kyle Williams, a wide receiver out of Arizona State, five foot ten, 186 pounds. So a smaller, quicker guy. The next one we have is Aaron Brewer, an interior offensive lineman, played center in college from Texas State, six foot three, 270 pounds. Needs to add some weight there. Kale Garrett, linebacker from Missouri, six foot three, two hundred and thirty pounds. Kalen Curse Thomas, linebacker from Arizona State, six foot one, two hundred and twenty-four pounds. Offensive tackle out of TCU, Anthony McKinney, six foot eight, three hundred and fourteen pounds. So a smaller guy in terms of weight, but in terms of height, similar to first round pick Isaiah Wilson. Then we have a D3 wide receiver out of Barry. College Mason Kinsey, five foot nine, 175 pounds. I hate to typecast these guys, but typical small, quick change of direction, white slot receiver, Danny Amendola, Wes Welker, uh, not quite Julian Edelman. He's a much better athlete than, than some of those other slot wide receivers who you get lumped in with. But Adam Humphreys, obviously, is another guy like that. So Mason Kinsey, prototypical white, small slot wide receiver. Uh, sorry for the for the stereotype there, but it's just a reality, man. That's that's where Kinsey is at. Tucker McCann, kicker out of Missouri. Christian Wilkerson, wide receiver out of Southeast Missouri. That is John Robinson's alma mater. Just to throw that in, six foot one, two hundred and fourteen pounds. And then Kobe Smith, defensive tackle from South Carolina, six foot two, three hundred pounds. So all along the positions of need that we talked about for the Titans that were kind of. Secondary positions of need, not corner, not offensive tackle, not running back, but interior defensive line, interior offensive line, stand-up linebacker, wide receiver, kicker. Uh, One thing that I find very interesting looking at this list, Arizona State, Texas State, Missouri, Arizona State, TCU, Missouri, Southeast Missouri. A ton of these dudes are from uh, Texas, Southwest area of the country, so... John Robinson must really trust his regional scout in that area is all I really have to say. Just a a small interesting tidbit that I noticed from that list. And the last thing that I want to talk about on today's episode is something that I mentioned in the second segment when I mentioned the pick of Lorel Murchison and how Bradley and I was still on the board at the edge and the Titans did not address edge rusher whatsoever uh, in most of these undrafted free agents in the draft and that can only leave you with one thought and it's a very positive thought and it's a positive thought I want to leave you guys with 
in today's episode. If the Titans did not address edge rusher whatsoever in the draft, it means one of two things. One, they're comfortable and set with the edge rush group that they have right now, which I don't believe. I don't believe that. Vic Beasley is a solid addition, but not enough. They got Correa back and Harold Landry and Reggie Gilbert and Derek Roberson and DeAndre Walker is coming back. I get it, but the Titans have been desperate for edge rush talent for so long, and that's just not quite enough. So in my opinion, and my opinion is shared by a lot of people online, and even by the reports that we talked about from Diana Rossini recently coming out of her interview on Seattle's ESPN Radio. The Titans not going after an edge could mean that the clown is coming to town, ladies and gentlemen. Jadavian Clowney is on the way. I feel it in my soul, and this draft, in my opinion, is another another piece of evidence pointing to that. But that's what I'm going to leave you guys with for today's show. The rest of the week, we are going to have individual days where I give a full segment to each of these draft picks. We are going to do my Tic Tac Titans X's and O's film breakdowns going forward. We have different perspectives to look at the roster now that we know how some of these position groups are going to look going into the season we will go position by position and and look at the group that the titans have what they can do what they need to do better so we have a lot to cover on the rest of this off season's locked on titans episodes and i couldn't be more excited to bring that content to you guys every single day monday through friday so make sure that you are subscribed to the show as i mentioned earlier in this episode. But now that you are done with this episode of Locked On Titans, make sure you checked out the Locked On NFL podcast where they do a general overview of the entire NFL draft, talk winners and losers, grades, different things like that throughout the rest of the week. So check out their show now that you are done with this one. But as always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked On Titans. for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite MLB team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.